Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss races 8 through 12 at Monmouth on Haskell Day, Saturday, July 22nd, 2023. This is show number 235, July 21st, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, the Haskell card seems good, No. Yeah, it, it's usually a good card and no exception. A um, little disappointed that they didn't have an all-stakes pick five ending with the Haskell, but the, they do have a 15% takeout pick four that ends with the Haskell, so we decided to go ahead and, and look at all five of those stakes um, for, the, for the pod, and they're all pretty interesting. Play in the Sport of Kings NHC Qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to Round 2, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out, playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get Tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly Round 1 begins. If you join the Tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code SPORTOFKINGS so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. And we have a special returning guest. He's a founding partner in the 10 Strike Racing Syndicate. He finished 12th in the NHC a few years ago. He's Clay Sanders. Clay, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, guys. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, um, we know that you're one of our uh, one of our top listeners. So, uh, so thank you for being a listener. And uh, as a player, how are you doing? Uh, how's your handicap in these days? I'm uh, actually been pretty hot, um, both uh, owning horses and betting, and some of that uh, goes hand in hand. Uh, typically, the chin strike horses get way over bet, but we've had two situations within the last week. Uh, we had one, a winner Friday at uh, Monmouth that we thought couldn't lose, and somehow a horse uh, from Rob Falcone was favored over us, so uh, it was a pretty big bet. And then yesterday, we had one with Brittany Russell, and her horses always get over bet. I, I can't remember the last time I bet on one of our own horses that Brittany trains, but there was a West Point horse at Colonial that was three to five that I didn't think I thought was slower than our horse. And we went off at five to two and won by like three or four links. So uh, pounded those two pretty big, which has given me a nice little cushion uh, to start Saratoga, which uh, hopefully won't give it all back there. All right. Well, congratulations on the hot streak. Hopefully you keep it going. Chris, you got any questions for Clay? Well, you don't have anyone going at Monmouth um, on the card that we're talking about, but you do have a horse running on 
Saturday at Saratoga, correct? Yes, we've got She's Looking Lucky running in the grade one CCA Oaks. Uh, this is a filly that we uh, bought privately, uh, was trained by our trainer, Matt Shire, and we bought privately ahead of the, uh, she had an allowance race at Oakland, but we're kind of pointing to the fantasy, and she ran really poorly there, so we've had to regroup. She won at Ellis last time. Uh, she's a speed horse and won over that really speed-saving track at Ellis, but it gave us some confidence to uh, try the uh, grade one on Saturday. Uh, Hoosier Philly is the only other speed in the race, so we'll either try to go to the lead or maybe sit right off her and see if we can marry go around it. I don't necessarily think we can win, but you know, if we could uh, get some black grade one black type, it would make her a lot more valuable. So we're excited for her. Yeah, I I had uh, I'll make a shameless plug for my other podcast, the Bet with the Best podcast. Uh, I had a guest on there, uh, Frank Mustari, who's playing Ellis. And he said, um, there's been this incredible speed bias at Ellis on the main track early on in the meet. And he's just really you know, licking his chops to be playing against all those horses that took advantage of that. So let's hope at least in this case, he's wrong. Yeah, I mean, it definitely you know, favored her. But, you know, sometimes you can use that as to your advantage. I think everyone knows everyone knows about that. Uh, bias and maybe they just let her get uh, confident and loose on the front and she's had other good races outside of that but you know it might be the situation where the jockey is aware of that you know she's the longest shot on the board and they let her get uh, brave and comfortable up on the front end and look we don't have to win we're thrilled if we get second or third yeah and i think you, you make a really good point especially if the price is long and in, in modern racing um Riders are really reluctant to engage early on in races if one horse gets sent. And especially if it's a long shot, they're likely to think, well, yeah, this horse will come back to me. So, you know, I agree with you. Um, The way races are ridden, especially in New York, that tactic could really pay off. Right. And, you know, the mile and eighth at Saratoga, all these jockeys are going to be worried, you know, does my horse have enough stamina to make it all the way through here? It will be a stagger fest, uh, you know, coming home. So, I mean, you never know. Well, good luck. Thank you very much. <clears throat> all right. Well, we are doing the the eighth through twelfth at Monmouth, and I'm not sure what the eighth is part of, but we will do the eighth. It's a, it's a, it's a nice race. And um, and then we'll do the ninth through twelfth, which will comprise the late pick four or the all stakes pick four. So the eighth race is the Monmouth Cup, a Grade Three mile and eighth on dirt, purse of four hundred thousand for three year olds and up. Clay, why don't you get us started? Uh, first up, what a soft race for four hundred thousand. I started looking at this race um, when when I printed off the PPs, I almost thought there was like an extra page that I was missing. I was like, where are the rest of the horses? Um, because, I mean, you have Proxy and a bunch of other horses that don't look like they're uh, stakes caliber. But um, out of loyalty, uh, I should probably take my fellow Archie bred Wheeland Springs, who's trained by a friend and trainer of ours, uh, Lindsey Schultz, that could be loose, but such a big class hike uh, for a horse like that. Um, you know, I'd love to try to beat Proxy, who's going to be one to five, but, you know, looking through, I couldn't find anyone that I could make a very strong case for. So, um you know, I think he's just got way too much class over these. Um, he was, uh, he ran poorly last time, but he was against that uh, bias at Ellis Park. And I just think he's, you know, five lengths better than these on any, you know, normal uh, performance. So if he fires, he should win this race. 
uh, Proxy ran huge two races ago, and uh, not only did he have some trouble in his last race, but then he was kept about five wide around the turn. So uh, it was a better race than it looked. Chris, what do you got? Well, and also, as Clay hinted, um, and I had talked about earlier, that Ellis Park track is very, very extremely speed favoring. So he was up against it even if he had had a good trip and he had saved ground. So he had a lot of excuses for that race. He's clearly the one to beat, kind of stands out. But I'm actually a little higher on the Arkansas bread than Clay, surprisingly, Wayland Springs. Um, first of all, there isn't any pace in this race. And I, I think, you know, hopefully they'll they'll send the horse. Should have no problem at all getting the lead. And um, I know, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because this horse is by street sense out of a pure prize mare, which kind of screams route. And they were you know, just basically treating it like a sprinter and it was really good early on last year it ran some really good races you know it actually beat Cogburn and um who was oh yeah ain't life grand who both turned out to you know run some really big races afterwards it, it beat those horses um and then it something went wrong and off the layoff it hadn't done much running um until it changed barns and they decide to stretch it out, which you wonder why they, they hadn't been done before. But as soon as they stretch it out, the horse responds with an, you know, a really nice effort. Uh, and, you know, given the big race it had run in races it had run last year as a three-year-old, and now the fact it seems to have gotten better stretching out, just like you'd expect based on the breeding, you know, the change of barns, you know, this horse could be sitting on a really big race, could get loose on the lead. And depending on how the Monmouth Park track is playing, which sometimes can be very speed favoring, Proxy just might have a hard time running that horse down. So I'm going to go with Wayland Springs, but I definitely respect Proxy as the one to beat. Okay, I'm going to go with Calibrate. Calibrate. Um, I was... Uh, I made some money on him. Uh, thank you for pointing him out, Chris, uh, on the Belmont Stakes Day card. Uh, he is second time Jamie Ness and working well. He galloped out past the winner in his last, and that was a wire-to-wire -wire winner who uh, had won the, the BC Marathon um, last year. He's always been fast. The cutback should be fine for him going a mile and eight. Um that's who I'm picking to win because I'm kind of against proxy. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what to do with him. And, and and luckily, I don't really have to worry about him because he's not part of the pick five. Um, but, you know, his biggest win, which was that monster uh, uh, win at Oakland, was on Lasix, and he is off the Lasix here. So I, I think it's possible that he was deeply affected by that race, and I would be trying to beat him. I think Calibrate is obviously the second most talented horse in this race. I worry that not only is the the distance, but you know when we get too far back. But you know, good point. Second time Jamie Ness. There's no telling what we're going to see out of this horse. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a strong, strong second choice. I mean, clearly, 
um, you know, that exact proxy calibrate probably pay four dollars. So I think you got to get past one of those two if you're going to play the verticals in this race. Um, so if you toss proxy, you could certainly make money on it if calibrate fires. But um, if you like proxy or you're going to use him, I think you got to get past calibrate to make any money on this race. The other horse I'll mention, and I would actually, I'm going to play this horse. I was hoping I could play him in here, but I guess because it's a graded stakes, it's actually, is this a grade one? That That's not, no, it's grade it's three. It's a grade three. Um, grade three. Yeah, grade three. Yeah, um, it's, there's no Lasix allowed, but forewarned, uh, this trainer uh, is like the best long shot trainer in stakes races there is in the United States. I mean, I've, I've lost to him before at a big price, so I've cashed on him before too. And, you know, he's probably one of the only trainers around that with a with that has like a sample size of several hundred that um, you know has a positive ROI at 20 or 30 to one um, so you always pay attention to his horses um, in when they're big prices but he needs Lasix I really think he's one that needs Lasix and so I'm waiting for him <clears throat> to get back on Lasix and I'm going to play him I'm hoping he's in a spot where he looks like he's in over his head because that'll be the perfect time to play him now he'll, he'll probably double cross me and he'll run well without the Lasix, but I, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to count on that not happening here, but uh, this is one to file away. Uh, if they tend to run them, they tend to run their horses over their head. Um, but if, if they get him out of a graded stakes where he can get Lasix, then um, look out for the two forewarned. You know, he could still hit the board in here, but I think, you know, Certainly. without the Lasix, Without well, the Lasix, I'm all, I mean, all you know, he, he won the Queens County uh, handicap at Aqueduct in December of 21 without Lasix at 42 to one. Um, I, I don't think he does need Lasix and he's my other horse. And the, the, the only reason I didn't pick him on top is he's got that pace disadvantage and he usually runs big in the winter as opposed to in the middle of the summer. However, he did get kind of a a, a little bit of a, a, sh a short break the last couple of months. He's only run two races in the last couple of months. And I really liked that prep. His, his last race, it was only three horses. The horse on the lead, Doppelganger. Well, I guess he wasn't on the lead, but um, Doppelganger is a pretty good horse. Uh, he closed to get second, just get second in the three-horse field. And then he galloped out best. So I, 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 you know, if I were, if I'm playing, if I'm playing any kind of pick in, I'm probably going to use forewarned. Chris, back on Wheeling Springs, I do know, I talked to Lindsay, they are going to send uh, that horse to Belize, or that's their plan. So that should help your case there. Yeah, I, I was hoping that would be the case. I'm not sure why you would do anything else, but um, you never know in today nowadays. Mm -hmm. But that's good news. So that that bumps it up a little bit more now that I'm uh, assuming they break well and nobody else decides to do something unexpected. The race may uh, set up perfectly. Yeah, the the only thing I'm going to say about Whalen Springs because I I did I did. I did consider him. Um, I, I, he, he didn't gallop out that well after that hard race. You know, it was, it was a pretty big race and now he goes an extra eighth of a mile and, um, you know, maybe his breeding is questionable. Um, and he didn't gallop out that well. So, so I'd have a hard time sticking with him. 
when you say his breeding is questionable, what would what would lead you to say that he's by street sense out of a pure prize mare? Where, where's the questionable breeding for distance there? I guess there's not. I guess there's not. The um, question will be in an Arkansas bred. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess, you know, and, and, and actually the dam won four races routing. So, uh, you know, right. Um, you know, and, and, and shortly, they, they, if you're going to have them consider good breeders in Arkansas, it would certainly be them. They've spent the most money. So, probably the most well bred Arkansas bred out there. All right. Um, okay, well, so that's the end of the eighth race. Let's go to the ninth race. It's the Wolf Hill Stakes, five and a half furlongs on turf, first of 100,000 for three-year-olds and up. Chris, what do you think? I'm thinking this race is really um, chock full of speed, mainly on the outside, but there's a, a whole slew of horses that are um, want the lead in here. Uh, at five furlongs, I'd still say probably the best of the speed will win. But at five and a half, um, it can be a little tougher to go wire to wire. You know, the seven horse, nothing better is probably the best of those. He'll probably be the favorite. But that horse is going to have to earn it to win it. So I'm, I'm going to look for someone to come a little off the pace. And a horse that I've always liked in here is the five horse witty i think it's the best horse um i think it's going to get a good setup um you know the the trainer is um pretty hot right now and this horse even though it, you look at its turf it's mostly dirt horse so far it had one turf route on the soft off a layoff at Penn, which I would just toss. And its last race was its only other turf race, which I thought was pretty good. It couldn't run down a horse in here for Hart, but it still ran well. The Achilles heel with Witty is it tends to get out slow, um, which is not good in any race, but in particular in a turf sprint. I do like the the big rider switch here, though. He gets Tyler Gaffleone. I'm hoping maybe Tyler can get the horse out of the gate a little better than some of the prior riders and that, uh, you know, he can work a trip from just off the pace um, in a fast paced race. So a lot to like about Witty. Um, the only question will be the price, but, um, you know, at nine to two, that seems pretty square to me. So I'm going to go with the five Witty. Witty is uh, a big horse, 1,258 pounds in his last race. Clay, what do you got? So I saw the setup at this race very similar, similarly to Chris. Um, I agree. I think there's a lot of speed in here. I think seven's probably the, um, you know, the horse to beat. But I do think, or I'm hoping he gets cooked up a little bit on the front end with some of the other speed. Uh, I had to narrow down to uh, four Belgrano and five Witty. I'll use both. Um, but for my pick, I'll go to with the four instead of the five. I, it just worries me at five and a half, this, that habit of breaking slow. Um, I mean, I haven't seen a chart on the right-hand side of the PPs that have so many mistakes coming out of the gate. And I just can't pick a horse at five and a half that might get out of here slowly. 
And this this four Belgrano, I mean, it's a you know old hard knocking horse. Um, he uh, is five and twelve at Monmouth, six of nineteen at five and a half. And he's uh, second off the layoff. He's getting a rider upgrade to the hot Javier Castellano. Um, and, you know, he's run well uh, in this spot before and seems to be cycling into a good spot. He's a nine-year-old. He knows what he's doing. And I think he'll take advantage of the uh, the pace in front of him. All right. Well, I'm going to kind of split the difference among you two. Uh, I went with Belgrano myself. Uh, he's second off the layoff does seem pointed to this. He ran second in this last year. He'll take advantage of that fast pace and could prevail. Um, his trainer is a kind of a specialist second off the layoff. He's got a 385 ROI. Um, I do like Witty, and I'm using Witty. Uh, I did, you know, my comment on Witty is he seemed to just take a while to get going. He didn't really have a like a big turn of foot. Um, and I don't know if that's because he's a big horse or maybe he doesn't, you know, doesn't love the, the turf. But um, I would also use a couple other closers. I would use Eamon and I would use Midday Image. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said about Witty Clay in terms of that, that start is the big, like I said, the Achilles heel. The one thing I didn't mention about him, the other reason I like him quite a bit, and I'm surprised he hasn't run on the turf more, is he's actually a half to Caravelle, who, you know, is oh, wow. probably the best turf sprinter right now um, in training. So, you know, by great notion, who has done pretty well with turf horses. So it's a little bit surprising that this horse hasn't tried the turf more often. Um, but uh, we'll see. His, Hopefully, his fastest like buyer was on turf. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I think he wants to do. Yeah. So uh, you would think there's some upside there. He's only a four-year-old, and the, with yeah. you know uh, surface change, and the rider switch. I'm kind of hoping maybe, yeah. you know, with a top-class rider, he'll get a little bit better start and trip. But we'll see. That that's a big question. And I like Belgrano. I don't disagree with either of you. That's the other one I'd be interested in. And I do think there's a chance, I don't know, maybe, I, I was thinking he could float up above that five to one. It's hard to tell. Um, you know, he did run, didn't he win this race last year or has he won this no, race? He, he, was yeah, he was second. He was second. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, maybe you won't get more of a price, but, you know, at equal odds, I'd go with Witty, but, you know, certainly at Belgrano floats up and Witty gets bet, then, you know, Belgrano could be the bet in here as well. Both of those are, the, those are the two I would use in the pick four. Okay, let's move to the 10th race. It's the Molly Pitcher, grade three, mile 16th on dirt, purse of 500,000. For Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds up. Clay, your turn to get us started. First off, I think it's a joke the way they wrote these conditions that the only grade one winner gets in here, the lightest in the field at 118 on search results. But, you know, I, I don't understand that at all. Um, I mean, I guess you got to start looking at this race through her. I mean, she's the class of the field. Um, I don't really have a knock on her outside of a subtle one, which is uh, Flavian stayed in Saratoga and didn't come down here to ride her. And this is a half a million dollar race. So that kind of gives me a tiny bit of pause. I don't like to play the jockey uh, merry-go-round game, but that just gives me a little bit of pause. But I'm going to go with uh, number six, Love. Um, she's a half to Maxfield who got 
where he got really good was as a four-year-old and this filly's four and once uh she turned uh turned four she's been on the win streak has won her last three each one uh, more impressive than the previous and i just think she's progressive she's going to be loose and we know that uh um Monmouth tends to be speed favoring. I worry that search results are just going to get lapped up right uh, on her and, you know, past her late. But based on the price and whatnot, uh, I'm going to go with Loved. Yeah, Loved it. Five to one seems like kind of a fantasy to me. Uh, yeah. It was about one to two in, its, in, her, in her last three races. Chris, what do you got? Well, I agree with you that she's going to be the heavy second pick just like calibrate behind proxy. Um, I, and, but I do, you know, those one to five, two to five prices were against nothing, which is why I don't like her. I, I love to play against these kinds of horses that have won easily against, you know, on, on the lead against weak fields. And now she's going to have a genuine grade one horse, just breathing fire right on her flank at some point in the race, probably before even they turn for home. I think she folds. I think she's the one to bet. She's the value in this race. Probably a big part of it is betting against that horse, who's I think going to be a solid second choice. So I'm completely on the other side of the coin of, with Clay on that one. Um, I do think search results is much the one to beat in here, and it is kind of silly that she's actually getting weight for most of the field, uh, which makes no sense at all. Um, uh, but, you know, I was trying to find an alternative. Um, and where I landed on, I, I just decided the second best horse is clearly to me, the seven horse first to act. This horse has some class, ran some really good races last year, um, comes in fresh off some really good workouts. Um, and you know, Suge is not great off the layoff and this might be a prep for another race, but. It's not like this horse has a whole bunch of graded stakes wins on its resume right now. So, you know, it is graded place, but I think they'd love to win a graded, graded stakes. And this is probably, you know, a, a race where I think they'll have it pretty well cranked up. It's also getting, you know, the in light too. And, um, you know, I think it could maybe sit just off of the, the speed horses and, and finish up strong. So, I to me, I'm just going the, the second best horse is first to act, and I think that horse may float up well above its morning line of six to one. So, um, I'm gonna go with the seven, uh, with a lot of respect for the four as well. Okay, well, I'm <clears throat> I'm gonna use both of your horses, and um, and I like first to act is sort of my second choice. But my top pick is Distinctly Possible, who got an easy trip in her last, but she won with style at the track. She galloped out huge. Um, you know, she's done nothing wrong. I guess she she ran one bad race, maybe the Black Eyed Susan. Um, but clearly something was wrong there, and she was off for a year. So other than that, she looks great. She's just about fast enough to win. She's had plenty of time since her last race. Um, I think... In this case, the other Chad is playable. I don't mind Play her at all. I think, she, I think she's live. I, I think the interesting thing on this race is going to be what price the search results go off at. Because 
the price on love is going to be very dependent on what search results go out. If they really pound her and she's two to five, that might create some value on love. But if search results is like seven, eight to five, she's going to be the value because, I mean, she's obviously the horse to beat in here. Um, you know, her last race, I mean, my biggest win bet of the year was on Clary Air that day. And I actually was pretty impressed. I thought she would really blow by search results and she only beat her by a half length. But, you know, you got to worry. This isn't, you know, they get no value by having her crank for this race. It's obviously a bridge race. So that's why I wouldn't take a short price on her. But, you know, if she floats up, I mean, she's obviously the horse to beat. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of, oh. Go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. No, no, you. I was going to say, I, <laughs> 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 um, I, uh, I kind of agree. Search results clearly the one to beat, right? Um, no doubt. Uh, and she's the kind of horse that makes her own race. She has tactical speed, doesn't need the lead. That's why I don't think she'd have any trouble tracking um, Loved. And that's why I think Loved is up against it because she's certainly good enough to put pressure on her. And um, with in terms of distinctly possible, I kind of see it. But, you know, the, I think the last time was the time to have that horse. She um. You know, she had a track that was favoring speed and, you know, she won on the front end and, you know, she ran a big number and I just have a hard time playing that horse back, you know, just because I think it, that's a little bit dressed up, but she could get overlooked in here with loved and search results in the race. You might, she might float up above that nine to two. So then you might have a good bet there, Scott, even though it is a Chad Brown, Louis Saez horse. So, you know, this is one where you got to kind of pay attention to the betting. Well, it's interesting. Chad Brown's only used Louis Saez twice in the last, uh, since 2022. It's not usually one of his jocks, but I guess he doesn't have that many of his jocks here in town right now. Yeah, I mean, they're running at Saratoga on a Saturday, and he's got, you know, horses here at, at, at uh, Monmouth. And that's the thing about Pratt. I don't. I I didn't look at who he's riding for Brown at Saratoga. I'm gonna guess he's got a couple really good ones, so, which would explain why he's not here. Um, he's riding you know, wet, at, wet paint. He's riding wet paint for Brad in the CCA Oaks. You know, she was favored in the uh, Kentucky Oaks, but I don't know. It's not like she's a given in that spot. Yeah, I didn't look at the whole card at who he's riding. He, I'm guessing he might be on a couple of good Brown horses too. But I haven't looked. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of tough when there's two cards like this, you know, in Monmouth and, and Saratoga, you know, the riders are going to have to make some tough choices sometimes. Exactly. Uh, what do you gentlemen think about Leda Vida, who I think is a use? I think she's a solid horse. Well, it depends on what you mean by use. If you mean use in the pick in, four. In the no. pick four, yeah. Yeah, I would use her uh, in the pick four. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, to me in the pick four, a bet in the pick four, you got to be really tight. So, um, you know, uh, I wouldn't be spreading. I mean, I, if you're talking about underneath maybe in the verticals, but I don't see that horse winning. I'd be surprised. I, I agree. I, I just think she's a cut below uh, a great three course but just my opinion okay well that's why we have the discussion that's right 
So we'll go to the 11th race. It's the United Nations Stakes, a grade one, mile and three-eighths on turf, purse of 600000 for three-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn. Yeah, I mean, this whole sequence could be really chalky. I mean, Proxy could win. Nothing Better could win. Search Results could win. And Red Knight could win. Because if there was ever a weak grade one race, it's this. <laughs> this is just a Even for... The U.S. you know turf route division, which typically is weak, you know this is just incredibly weak. You know to to get a Grade One win in this field is a steal. Um, and that is so a Red Knight's clearly the best, but he's always a horse I want to bet against because of his style. I mean, he comes from so far out of it, and um, you know it, this is a good example. He's going to be way back, um, but he's the best horse. Um, I. I, so I'm I'm really tempted to try to beat him, knowing that you know he could beat me. But uh, the horse I landed on as the upsetter is the horse just inside of him, the eight horse foreign relations. Now this is a horse that um, clearly loves going long on turf. Um, He's always been one that goes long, and they knew that at the beginning of his career because he started him going a mile and a quarter. But something went wrong in that race, and he had a long layoff, and they brought him back on the synth, and he was did okay on the synth, but in, once he got on the turf, he'd become a, a monster um, going a mile. At, a, at over a mile and a quarter on the turf, you know, he's never lost. He got DQ'd, but he crushed the field in the race he got DQ'd. Um, he lost his last out, but they shortened him up to a mile and a quarter at Ellis. And that turf course isn't as bad as the, as the main track, but it's speed favoring. And he just never looked like he got into that race. So I'm just going to toss that. But now he's stretching back out at, you know, where he's never lost at greater than a mile and a quarter. He's on the turf. He's, he's a five-year-old, but he's a five-year-old with upside, I think. Uh, the turf routers tended to mature later and, you know, given you know, he didn't start till the middle of his three-year-old year and then he had that long layoff, you know, he, I think he has a, a upside and you know, based off his other two races at the distance, there's no reason why he couldn't win here or at least be the best of the rest in here. Um, so I'm going to go with the eight foreign relations. Foreign relations up against a very slow pace in that last race and just couldn't make up ground. Clay, what are you thinking? Uh, I agree with Chris. I think this race will be downgraded from a grade one. This is a pretty pitiful grade one. Um, I also agree the Red Knight looks like the uh, the horse to beat. Um, I mean, the one knock I was trying to look uh, was maybe the distance. He's one for six at the distance, but then you look two back, he won the Nano War at the mile three eight, so it kind of shoots a hole in that. Uh, I was trying to look for somebody else, though. Um, it, I think the price might be better than the four to one morning line, but this horse looks similar to my horse the last time. I'm looking for a horse that might jump up and become a star, uh, and that might be Catnip. Uh, you know, it's won three in a row. It went turn four, got good again, just like the uh, Philly in the last race. This horse will be forward, which might be an advantage. Uh, you know, Red Knight needs to come from out of it, might get some traffic trouble. Um, and if any of those storms come through there, you know, it's forced by Kitten's Joy, which is horse should love some cut in the ground. And, uh, you know, I think Rosario on the front end is pretty tough, but I don't have a clever opinion, but that's, uh, I went with the, 
the three catnip. And I'll have a couple other I'll talk to after you or um, Scott. All right. Well, we are in sync, Clay, because I'm also on catnip. Catnip, uh, what do I got on catnip? Um, well, he's improved in every race since he's been gelded, which was at the beginning of his four-year-old year. Uh, and I, I really like that last race. I mean, I didn't have him. I, I, I played that race, and I didn't have him. And uh, I, I don't know if that was a podcast race. It might have been. Um, but he had good positional speed. He can take the lead if he wants to. He can certainly handle any kind of pace scenario. Then he was inside and among horses. He navigated traffic. He was shuffled. He still got up gamely right at the end, and he galloped out well. Um, I, I I agree. He's kind of got star potential, and he's two for two at Monmouth. So uh, he's my top pick. I, I do also have foreign relations as a use. Um and uh, the 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 only other horse that I'm sort of interested in um, is Planetario. I just want to see what you guys think about Planetario. I don't have any well, major uh, thing wrong with. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Clay. I just never bet the California horses going east, but uh, outside of that, I don't have a major knock. Um, the horse definitely fit. Go ahead, Chris. Well, the na- the knock is he's a California horse, a turf rider shipping, which is, I agree, a knock. Plus, it has Mike Smith riding, who's just a, a bad turf rider. He always has been. He's worse now than he used to be. Those are two big knocks on a horse that's the second choice on the morning line. And he's another one like Red Knight that doesn't have any early speed. So, you know, a lot of negatives for a short price on that that horse. Um, I I I I'm, I don't want to have anything to do with that one. I, I'm more positive on catnip for all the reasons you guys said. The big question mark on him is breeding says he should handle the stretch out, but he hasn't done it before. So, right. you know, I I don't, I don't think he necessarily shouldn't be able to, and he might even be better. You just don't know. So that's that's an unknown. And again, on a shorter priced horse. You know, I don't really like to play a horse going a mile and three eighths that's never gone more than a mile and an eighth, unless it's, I'm getting a, a price. At four to one, I'm not too interested. If it floats up, which maybe it will, um, then I'm more interested on that one. Um, I did have one long shot I like in here. It's the other, other maker, the seven horse Yamato. Um, Normally, I would not like this horse much because he's six years old and he's never been real good. But Mike Maker, uh, this is his third star under Maker, his second one going long. And, you know, Maker, he just gets these horses to run these mile and three-eighths mile and and a half distances. And he can get these older horses that just start running career best numbers at these distances. And it doesn't take that much improvement that for this horse to fit in here. And his last race wasn't bad. He had some trouble and he galloped out really strong. And like I said, that was his second start for Maker and his first time stretching out. Now this is his third start for Maker and his second time going the marathon kind of distance. So he he could be sneaky. 
And I think they, you know, it, since it is the other other maker and one of his horses is Red Knight and there's not much pace signed on in this race, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't try to, you know, be a little more aggressive early on, especially with Louis Saez riding. So this horse could be sneaky. He, he might be, he might even go to the lead and who knows, like I said, third time maker, anything could happen. And that, this one might get completely overlooked in the, in the wagering and he does get in light as well. So just kind of just purely mostly the, you know, the trainer angle on that one. One long shot I'd like to include, and I would, uh, I would never include long shots in pick fours. I, I agree with Chris, you got to be really tight on your pick fours. But if you're playing a pick five, I think that seven makes sense. But there's some software I look at that likes this 10, who uh, there's not a whole lot going for it. But the only thing I can come up with is the German bread and going a mile and a half. But it has maker off a few ago. But uh, this uh, software has gotten me quite a few long shots on the turf. So I was going to throw that in there. Well, that trainer is a uh, pretty wily turf trainer, Elizabeth Dobles. Okay, let's and, move to the... know, I was going to just say that the, the breeding, um, the horse only had like the one chance to go long and it had a really bad trip that day. So, you know, that there might be something to that. Um, I kind of like the way your software is thinking. Um, maybe that this distance change could really make a difference on that horse. I like that. Yeah, they look they look at a lot of internal fractions, you know, from varied uh, races. So, I mean, who knows? Okay, let's go to the marquee event of the day. It's the Haskell Grade 1 Mile and Eighth on Dirt, purse of $1 million for three-year-olds. Clay, why don't you get us started? I mean, I think this is a fascinating handicapping puzzle. I mean, how many uh, grade uh, one dirt races do we look at? And you can make a, a good solid case for six of the eight. And I don't think there's very many outside of your derby, you know, in big fields like that. But there's a lot of horses in here that can win. Um, you know, when these PPs came out, I wanted to find a way to beat Arabian Night. I'm not a huge Bassett fan. But the more I dug into this race, I found more knocks on all the other horses besides the Arabian night. And um, I mean, it's hard to win a grade one race off uh, six months, um, but look at the workout tab. I mean, this horse is running races. I mean, I, I haven't seen a horse have seven furlongs, seven furlongs, seven furlongs, six furlongs. So I believe this horse is fit. I mean, Baffert has three or four in his uh, arsenal he could have brought for this race. This is one of his favorite races to win. I believe he's won it nine times. Um, Chris, I know I saw you at the Breeders' Cup, but uh, when I was walking around uh, the Friday and Saturday uh, at Lexington for the Breeders' Cup last fall, I heard more about this horse than any other horse on the Breeders' Cup card, and he hadn't even started with. So, you know, he's got that $2.3 million purchase, um, a lot of hype, um, fast figures that will effectively run it, too. Um, I think he's going to be loose, and... I just think you're going to get, like, especially on the wind bet, I, I believe this horse is going to be, I won't say forgotten, but I think if you took Mage out of this, this horse would be six to five. But I have a feeling we could get three to two, eight to five with some of these horses in here. Mage will take money, Tapatrice is in two of the three Triple Crown races. 
Um, extra Anejo's got a lot of hype from the Aspenison barn. We've got a Brad Cox in here. So I think some of these horses will take money. And this might be the horse that wins the classic at the end of the year. We're going to be like, man, we could have got eight to five uh, in the half goal on this horse. So I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to lean heavily on Arabian Night. Okay, Arabian Nights. Um, 2.3 million. Uh, Chris, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, I, I do think this race looks wide open and you've got the Derby winner in it, which always creates value. If you think you can beat that horse, um, and you can make a case for several others, but I, I'm kind of with clay to me, Arabian night is a standout in here. Um, Kind of like Arabian Lion was in that seven furlong race, so it looked wide open. I just thought he was much the best. And, you know, Baffert doesn't lose these kinds of races. <laughs> when he's got the best horse, he wins. And I do think this horse has some issues. Um, clearly, you know, it 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 was the derby favorite for a while until it went on the shelf. But, you know, I've commented before, the horse kind of paddles with its left front. Um, for a, a horse that costs that much to have that kind of action, you know, clearly has talent, but you, you think they would be a bit nervous. Um, and I think they are. Um, they may not have that many bites at the apple with this horse, um, is my right. guess. And I don't know if he can get a mile and a quarter. So the classic might be a stretch, but, um, you know, Baffert has, he tightens the screws on all his three-year-olds, but he's like Clay said, this one's kind of been at another level. And if you watch the workouts, <laughs> the horse looks pretty good, even though he does still have a, that paddle. He's he's fast, and um, uh, you know Baffert owns this race, and I just think he's going to win. And I, I for the pick four, I would single him. You, you know, he may go off at six to five or seven to five, but in the pick four and fives, he's going to be. Sure. A lot of people are going to use Mage and Tap at Trice and some of these other horses. So it's not like he's going to 80% of the money is going to be going into Arabian Night. So I think singling him is not a ba as bad as you might think, um, especially with Mage in the race. So I'm going to go with Arabian Night. And we can talk about some of the other contenders. So I don't want to downplay them. I thought this came up as a very strong race. Um, I could argue that other than the Derby, this is the best three-year-old race we've seen this year in terms of overall talent. And But I think Arabian Night just sort of towers above them, but we'll find out. That's why they run the races, and and we'll see how good he is. All right, well, I know somebody's going to be using Tapa Trice in the pick four, and that is me. Um, I love the way he looks on the sheets. Uh, the Belmont, you know, it wasn't a great race, but, you know, maybe he's not a mile and a half horse. And, uh, yeah, his, the dam was really fast, cost $1.3 million. Uh, he, you know, I, I saw the, the van walk off. He looks, he looks, he just, he looks at the top of his game right now. And I, I, I don't know what the long-term plan, I haven't read any scuttlebutt on this race, so I don't know if, like this was always the target or if he's just doing so well that they said like, Hey, let's put him in there. I don't know if they're, you know, trying to prep for the Travers, but he's, he just, he looks great to me. And I think three to one is a good price. And, um, then the, the, the only hesitation I have 
is that he'll be coming from off the pace and maybe that'll be difficult for him uh, to to close. But I've seen closers win this race before. So, so what closer closers you see? What what closer have you seen win this race in recent years? I'm trying to think of one. Ger <laughs> I can't think of any. <laughs> Gervin. <laughs> Gervin. Remember Gervin? Was he a closer yeah, was a or was he a, he was? Well, he wasn't coming from way out of it. I mean, a horse that like this is going to be sitting near the back of the pack won the Haskell. I can't think of one. Um, um, so, I, I don't know. I, I I have visions of closers winning this race, but um, okay. you know, I can't I can't I can't tell you which ones. <laughs> the sh they're they're with the sugar plums dancing in your head. Um, uh, if you if the if I told you the horse is going to be at least three wide on both turns, would you still pick it? Maybe not, but you know, because it's almost he won't guaranteed. Be. He he will be though because he hates being on the inside. So they they park him wide every time. They, the one time they try him on the inside, he didn't like it at all. Um, I mean they're going to have him parked wide. To me, this is the absolute the horse you bet against. I mean, the race he should have won if he was going to win a Grade One as a three-year-old was the Belmont. I mean he, that was the race. His lumbering style, the wide turns, the long distance that was all set up for him, and he still couldn't win. So, you know, I'm totally against him in here. Um, I, I think he's definitely one you play. He's going to be way back early unless they try to really ride him hard early, which won't help him. He's giving weight. He's going to be wide. Uh, just nothing about that horse I like. So we're, again, like uh, Clay and I were on that uh, loved. Um, you and I are kind of on opposite ends of the coin on Tap It Trice. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I get what you're saying about him, but I, I think he's going to be a little closer to the pace today, and I think this is just his day. I think he'll get a better price than that three to one. I think he'll definitely be a recipient of some of the money that's not going. That'll, you know, they're going, they're going to bet Arabian Night, they're going to bet Mage, and I think the Tapa Trice will float up. I agree with Chris. I think. I thought Belmont. I, I loved him in the Belmont. He really disappointed me, but he's a he's really talented. He's really quirky, and um, I, I think maybe uh, maybe he's a Traverse horse, but uh, they may not run him there because uh, I know uh, Rapoli wants to wants to win with Fort Fort. But um, I think underneath uh, Brad's horse, uh, Salute the Stars. I don't think he's good enough to win, but uh, that he should not have won that race last time. I think he might be a sneaky horse if it does get a little hot that could come in underneath um but i don't think you can win i agree with you i i mean that race if you watched the first half mile of that race you would have thought there's absolutely no possible way that horse could win he uh had some trouble he got rank he was wide i mean just looked like he was and then he rushed up on the backside and just looked like you know, a classic, um, well, just draw a line through it kind of race. And then somehow he ends up winning. So, you know, that one is interesting. I do think he'll float up above that eight to one morning line. Uh, I, I, I think he's got to get overlooked a little bit in here with the other horses. You know, I think there's five other horses that are going to be a lower price. Um, so we can talk about a couple of those. I mean, I, I'll start with 
I'll, I'll, I'll do Mage and you guys can jump in with some others. I, for me, Mage is again, you know, just like Tappet Trice. I'm not as against him. He could win this. He, you know, he is good enough to win. And, um, I think, but I'm not as thinking, I don't think he's as good as his Derby made him look. And Derby winners are always over bet. And I thought his was kind of a dressed up Derby win. And then, his preakness, I thought, was more of what he really is, myself. Um, and since then, National Treasure and today, Blazing Sevens haven't exactly come back you know, with rip-roaring performances. So, um, you know, and he picks up weight. You know, so, so, me, I'm really against Mage in this spot. Um, I think he'll be the, the big underlay. And I think because he's in the race, makes it, it me, you know, uh, feel like singling Arabian night isn't that bad a play in the pick four because almost assuredly if Arabian night will probably be the favorite but mage is going to take a lot of money so it, it's it's not like Arabian night's going to be three to five or anything I agree uh, I have to watch so the replay I have to watch the replay of Salute the Stars, but I, you know, I would probably use Salute the Stars because, uh, you know, not only did he have the trouble in that race, but it came up a pretty good number. And um, what about he could still improve? What about uh, the seven extra on Yeho? What do you, Scott, and you, Clay, think about that horse? I, you know, I watched the race. You know, he was fast as a two-year-old. Uh, I. You know, I, I think he's – I'm not sure what to do with him, but he does scare me. Scares me. So he's a really fuzzy horse for an athlete, and there was a lot of uh, word out on this horse both before his debut um, and then, you know, tons of hype afterwards. It was, he was really impressive first out. Um, but, I mean, a good horse should come back and run better than he – when, you know – that race on the Derby weekend, I was really disappointed. He didn't run better there. And yeah, he comes back and wins at Ellis, but uh, he had a weird break, but you know, he got on front and that crazy uh, bias and won, and you know, puts up a 94, but I think he's going to be over bad. I'm curious. I, I think this, he might be the um, third choice right behind the uh, Arabian, uh, Arabian night and mage. Um, like, I don't know, stretching out. I mean, I think he may be the key to the race because if he doesn't stand hard, I think uh, Arabian Nights loose. But I, I think they're probably worried about this into mischief getting the, the mile and the eight. So I imagine they'll just sit back off Arabian Night. He's going to be loose and free, uh, free willing out there. But um, I'm against him. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. He's one that could run big or run poorly. Um, and I don't think he's going to be enough of a price to get me interested. But I, I mean, he does clearly have some talent. Um, right. In terms of the pace, though, I, I kind of agree with you on him. But, you know, to me, the other horse you haven't mentioned yet is Go Rocket Ride. And, you know, they may try to send him from the rail. Although, it, he, you know, he's stocked. He had a pretty – he's won – his last race was sitting off a bit. And they may try to do that again. It's just with Mike Smith, uh, the guy's just – he just likes to – hit the gas somewhere early on in the race. If it's not out of the gate, it'll be on the backside. You know, he can blow up a race anytime and he does it all the time. It's like in middle move Mike. So I, I just not sure what he's going to do on that horse. Um, 
but he might not be fast enough to keep up with Arabian Knight anyway. Um, but I mean, he might have be a pace factor. I don't like him much in here. Um, I don't see. Uh, although I guess if Arabian Knight doesn't fire, um, you know, he might be the one that gets first run on on him and wins. But again, you know, at nine to two, I'm not real interested. I go rocket ride. What do you guys think of that one? He, he seems okay. You know, it's interesting. The time form pace projector has this as a fast pace race, and they do have go rocket ride right up close. Now, I don't know. Maybe the eight will try to run them off their feet, but it could also be a fast pace, which is another reason why I like Tapa Trice. Yeah, one thing to keep in mind uh, on the pace figs, uh, you know, any ratings that include um, – Arabian Knight, including his, you know, final time figures or pace figures, you know, he earned that in two races, one as a two-year-old and the other one early on as his three-year-old. So, you know, the fact that his numbers stack up against these horses, it tells you a lot because all of them have developed a lot since January of this year. And so if he, you know, if he could run that fast early and that fast in final times, back then you know he could be much faster than this field um now i mean you don't know and you don't know if he's gonna fire right off the bench but keep that in mind when you start comparing pace numbers or final time numbers um you know arabian knight's probably much faster now than he was than any of any than any of his numbers will reflect so that, that's a great that point chris that's a great point. I meant to mention that is, you know, you're basically looking at a horse that's just a two-year-old. And, you know, when you look at those two-year-old numbers, a lot of people forget to factor in, you know, natural progression of maturation, et cetera. And, you know, these other horses, you know, have run numbers recently, and he's run numbers six months ago. So just the natural progression of the horse from two to three and, you know, middle of the three-year-old year, going through Baffin's program, this horse is going to run a better number. Yeah, he's he's got some really uh, snappy time form early pace numbers, and they're similar. the The only ones who come close, Go Rocket Ride, came close to his two year old number. Uh, that that's Arabian Nights two year old number in his last race, which was in June. So uh, so you you got a good point there. I'm not gonna. I'm sort of a. I'm sort of a. Get because I like Tapatrice so much, uh, I'm gonna play against Arabian Knight, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play too hard against them. Yeah, to me, if there's a scenario where Tapatrice wins, probably Arabian Knight is off the board. So if you're gonna play verticals, then that's the way I would play it, um, for sure. Um, I I that's not the way I would play the race because I'm don't like Tappet Trice much, um, and I'm much higher on Arabian Knight than you, but with your opinion, you know, that's the way to play it is try to beat Arabian Knight for sure. You know, that, that, that would be the way to do the verticals. Yeah. Even awesome strong, who's a slow horse. He's, he's, he could be a part of the pace. So uh, it, it should be really interesting. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun race to watch. I just, I hope I can watch because I'll be at a jazz festival somewhere in Westchester, 
and I'll be counting on AT&T wireless service to keep me in touch. And I, I'm afraid I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to see the race. I'm going to have to wait for texts to find out who won. Yeah, the other thing to keep in mind, and Clay can speak to this better than I can because he's more involved in the, the owning and breeding end. You know, this is a grade one and a very prestigious grade one. So a lot of these trainers and connections might be happy to run, hit the board. And very reluctant to like take on a Bob Baffert fire breathing dragon on the front end. So keep that in mind as well. Certainly. Okay. Well, it's time to to ask you if you have any spot plays on the rest of the card. I do not. I've got two for you guys. All right. And. Uh, we had uh, Tyler Wisman on the last pod gave us a seven to one. The other, 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 other Chad. Um, what do you got, Clay? So in the fifth race at Saratoga on Saturday, um, it's a first uh, level allowance, uh, seven furlongs uh, for Phillies. Uh, the favorites are uh, going to be uh, a Clarevich, uh, Chad Brown horse on the rail, undervalued asset. She's fine. Um, Nothing special about her. She got the rail. But to Chris's point about horses uh, improving from early in their uh, three-year-old year, number three, Dear Lady from the McPeak Barn, um, ran in the wrong part of the track last time at, at Oakland in February and ran a number 76 that is a little bit slower than these, but with natural progression should get better. Um, she's going to be cutting back from uh, two turns uh, her last two races. She's bred to be a sprinter by Lord Nelson. And uh, I think she's going to be a decent price. Morning line five to one. Got Julian up, so won't take a lot of money. But I think that she should uh, take advantage of a decently hot pace and be uh, overlooked. Um, McPeak's not great off the layoff. He's thirteen percent. He's got a pretty solid ROI of two eighty two. So I like a dear lady. And in the seventh, I like a firster. This is a little bit more of a tip horse, uh, two year old firster, but. Um, this, the number seven dive bomber, uh, I know Brad Cox likes this horse quite a bit. It's in Omaha Beach, who, if you haven't been paying attention, have come out running. They're four for nine. It's firsters. The Dan Daisy uh, won the first two races of her career, so she showed precocity. Um, the Clockers like the lead works, and the barn likes this horse. And, you know, it's a full field. got a lot of the name uh, connections in here. Not sure how heavily this horse would be bet, but uh, I think this horse will whistle. The number seven dive bomber. Okay, Dear Lady and Dive Bomber. Chris, you got anything for us? Yeah, I am just in uh, the race right before the race we started with, the 8th at Monmouth, the the 7th race is an allowance race on the turf. There's a horse in there, number 8, Forever Super, who... um, uh, it, you know, was his third off the layoff, ran a really good race last year. That was a last out that was better than it looked because it had a really wide trip. And, um, you know, it's in a race where, you know, there's nothing real fast and they're, they're all about the same. And, you know, I think it kind of stands out if it runs its race. It's five to one, but I think it could float up above that price. Um, there's a Chad Brown horse in here and a Pletcher horse in here. And um, so I think uh, the horse could float up to six or eight to one and it's a pretty good play. That's the eight forever super. 
in the seventh race at Monmouth. Okay, great. Well, it's been a good pod. I, I feel like we've we we we've got some uh, some insight into these races, and I'd like to thank our guest, Clay Sanders. Clay, thanks for handicapping with us. I'm glad to be here. Uh, good luck to everybody. All right, good luck to you. And that will conclude show number 235 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Mammoth and wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Giddy up. Thanks, guys.